look, you're allowed to change your pronouns every time a chat starts. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah. And, they're, and they are all equally valid. I agree. Yeah. And we, we need to bring this up in the yeah. actual. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. This is Ellie. And we have a return guest you might remember. My name is Aram. He, they pronouns. I guess I'm just used to it. Palestinian, Californian, French Canadian, Armenian, artivist, and Queer Arabs podcast enthusiast. Yes, <laughs> and, and participant. Yes, a return guest. When was, can you remember when your first one was? It was a few months ago, right? Winter. Time feels weird. Six, six months ago-ish. It was that land, long. Land back. Yeah, land back is the name. <laughs> I can't, and I do not understand time anymore. Who does? Like, it feels in a way that we just did it. January. Okay, it was in January. So, welcome back summer edition of um <laughs> on the queer arabs <laughs> it's been seven months since we last talked on here do you want to give everyone a summary of literally everything you've done <laughs> no okay just kidding <laughs> don't just summarize kidding. just yeah. go through the laundry list everything, everything you've done that... in the last no. well i will confess that i have been trying to get back to New York City to work in theater, which is what I historically had done, but my contacts and my colleagues here, my comrades who work in theater, of course, they've ridden the roller coaster of COVID and come out the other end with lots of rainbows and unknowns, as everyone can imagine. But so I did make it out here somehow in that window of June, where California and New York City was reopening and then quickly was like, oh, wait, and now here we are yeah. with all the unknowns, protocols, and who's flying this plane anyway. And um, and with us, Southern Southern states setting new high scores for COVID. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congrats. <laughs> you really did it, Texas. Yeah, we did it, Texas. We set a new high score. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen people, everybody doing their Instagram travels all over the world and going to tropical islands and such. I don't know. You know, some people put the sticker in their pictures. I'm vaccinated, so I get mm-hmm. to do whatever I want. I don't know where I stand on everything because my opinions apparently change every other day in Same. this yeah. crazy. What has been fun, I think I mentioned before, I started working with a Middle Eastern theater company in San Francisco, and we maintained things through the pandemic called Golden Thread Productions in Petro Hill. And this Middle Eastern North African Theater Makers Alliance website that they had launched at some point in the pandemic, Menatma, that's the acronym or whatever, is really fun because I'm approaching contact, finally connecting with people in New York City who I had met when we had this convening weekend in California. And that's like exciting, like just, just to see what people are trying to do, trying to work on. So that's been a fun thing to, it's not my full-time job, but I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so who and uh, what have you been working with since you've been here theater-wise? So we had a show and it was in, the Asylum Theater is in Chelsea and it used to be the Upright Citizens Brigade. And this show that we did was very gay and naked and as it should I be i just can't believe <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah we have shows uh, with clothes also i know clothed <laughs> clothed shows are valid as well and not I, sometimes clothing is valid i guess <laughs> like you know, sometimes it's cold you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 
we'll see how where we end up in winter. But summertime, naked musical. Wintertime, maybe a scarf, maybe some <laughs> high heels, stilettos. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's so confusing. I have no idea how any of us artists or organizers or community people, you know, this is all just a free for all. And, you know, it's nice that we're all here together and whoever's listening because we still are trying to recover from our family and all of the Swana lands. And it's like, you do the phone calls and you do the texting and you do the emails and you talk to the aunties and it's like, oh my gosh. And here we are. Then you console your folks here who have had to listen to that and are just based, are re-traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, it's only a little bit of a collapse. I feel really useless lately. Yeah. You know, like sometimes there, there's, there's two types of useless. There's like, you know, what actions to take and you're just not always in the best, like having capacity to do them. And then there's the like, but wait, what are, what am I saying? How do I? And that that's 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 kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, Nadia, Lebanon. Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Lebanon. And like the whole world, also like. Well, just my one of my cousins, not queer, unfortunately, but Swana cousins who, born in, I think UAE at some point, but you know, our whole world is a scramble. Mm -hmm. Talking about, it's like. I'm up against a lot of acquaintances for the first time who don't want to get the vaccine. Like it just kept becoming more of a thing. Like I know all of us who are vaccinated, cool, good. I'm pro, but I, I encourage it or whatever. If you have mm -hmm. a reason or an excuse, fine. But it's become so much that I'm like, oh my God, I already was trying to like discuss Palestine with everyone. How can this be harder than that? I don't know yeah, how yeah. people... That's I'm like, saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. I thought this would be easy. No. Right. Everything is hard. <laughs> I know. Wait, the vaccine is less popular than Palestine? People, it's, it's, it's not only political, but it's controversial. And yeah. like people have already stuff in their head. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck again. <laughs> I get vaccine vaccine skepticism. I was talking to a coworker who is yeah, uh, who's you know First Nation, and he was like, "Yeah, we've been experimented on, but it's also like after like six months, everyone's the preliminary studies and everyone's getting it, and the numbers are basically making the argument. It's like even if it is a little fucked up long term, we're saving lives right now by getting the vaccine. I I get the skepticism, but I feel like people who are like, no, I'm not gonna get vaccinated no matter what or whatever. It's like, okay, fine, wear the face shield, cover yourself, use gloves, disinfect, mm -hmm. you know, live and work responsibly. You've taken this responsibility onto yourself. It's a thing, but no, they're they're not that kind of person. They're just a lazy <laughs> asshole. I wear my mask a lot, especially more than I think pedestrians might be okay with because they're like you should be vaccinated i'm like i am vaccinated and i'm wearing my mask I'm like well mm -hmm. you don't need to wear your mask it's like oh my god just if we want to wear our masks more just do it it's not right yeah. hurt yeah. anyone if like, you don't want to wear it whatever i don't like, know it's, if I it's, the, it's the middle of summer in texas and i feel awkward wearing my mask because no one in texas is wearing a mask i walk I into the store and everyone just like <laughs> looks at me and they're just like why <laughs> oh, it's weird that people get defensive if they see you with the mask. Mm -hmm. And because I have a fairly regular schedule and I know the places where I go to shop, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you can take off your mask. We're all vaccinated here. I'm like, it's, it, it's not about that. I know. Yeah. It's, so, it's just the layer cake has gotten more layered. Yeah. And dumb. Yeah. Track. yeah. Very much done. Yeah. <laughs> done. It's like a shit cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. just piles higher and oozes more. Ass. <laughs> An ass kick. Um, uh, on that note, do you want to tell us more about the, the naked theater? Yeah. <laughs> on that note. Speaking oh, of ass kicks. Ass, speaking of oh, ass yeah, kicks. speaking yeah. of asses. Oh, yeah. I like that transition. <laughs> speaking of ass cakes, let's talk about this new theater experience you're working on. Uh, yeah. So the show. So I have my my buddy 
his name is Mark Erda. He and we've been friends for ten years, and he's from New York and from New Jersey, from working in New York in theater. And we've worked together in theater over the years a lot. And he made he he created this show and arranged for. They did it in twenty nineteen. It's called Camp Morningwood. What a cute name! All singing, all dancing, queer, naked. Mm-hmm. You know, cute little story. All the songs are just so much fun that I was like so excited to be able to just I'm always happy to work on any of his projects but it's also extra fun when it's super queer and super cute pop yeah, dance totally. whatnot <laughs> yeah. so that was fun but so that was the second time they, that it ran and it was right like people came in with masks I think you were required to bring your vaccine card mm-hmm. the asylum theater I had been to but not as the asylum but like it was fun summer seemed like it had potential and mm-hmm. here we are now in the gray zone again but yeah, so that will come back at some point, maybe October, November, and I'm not sure exactly where, but I think mm-hmm. being on the ground doing it and having a door person and have, you know, people at every point helping people through, encouraging masks, requiring vaccine cards. It's very confusing because you think that Broadway is the big uh, super mega boss, but yeah. really there just yeah. reopening and they don't know what they're doing either and so they're like asking us like hey how did you navigate this <laughs> and you're like weird <laughs> yeah I mean but I think like I think the things that are like the le- least conventionally in a theater have been the things that have been able to sustain that's a good point more because it's less I don't know there's just more leeway there's more leeway if you want to restructure things right it's mm-hmm. not always like the theater is this big and we must sell out this many seats for mm-hmm. investors and yeah. it's always inside and our casts are ginormous right like i think that's that's a really rigid structure to have to fit in i i, I um honestly was surprised that broadway seems to be like back for real now is that correct i know well there it's very uh, it's not, I think there's like a line to reopen. So get in line and then we'll, I think the very, the first one that's opening is Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. And okay. I hear they are always having complications every week. Someone gets COVID and they have to like pause. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay. But whichever ones are opening, okay, in September, okay, in October, November, mm-hmm. one after the other, they will. But how does anybody know what you're supposed to be doing and who's yeah. gonna be monitoring everything and being a bouncer yeah. type of person uh-huh. i don't know why i just refer to everyone as whoever is a bouncer but you know there's always a bouncer COVID bouncer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no I, I like found out because I, I i saw um one of my friends was like i got into stomp and i'm like congratulations that's the thing that's happening right now <laughs> <laughs> like that's great but, but wait what did i miss something mm-hmm. <laughs> also who, well i like, like your point I was also going to say, like, who's buying these tickets? Like, I know. It's like, I hate to be the person, like, you know, saying no to the money, but it's like, who's buying these tickets? Who is, like, <laughs> going to a show, like, an indoor show with a hopefully packed theater? Hopefully everyone's all right and everyone, like, tests okay at the door, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we've. Proven I don't know. That- I don't know how packed the theater is. They might, yeah, it might not be. I don't either. Theater. I don't want to make too many assumptions about yeah. what they're doing oh, and not doing. Yeah, a lot of shows I know are saying like only vaccinated, like you can only get in with the vaccine. And you have to wear a mask Proof and they and, might yeah. have like 30% capacity or something like that. Yeah, but I'm not I don't sure. Know how they're yeah, but it. then you've also got these like assholes who are actively irresponsible, like have like fake vaccine cards now. Oh my yeah. God, I know. I, can't, I, yeah, I, can't, I can't, like what's, I overheard someone on a bus, like recently, I hope, on a bus, someone was bragging to the person next to her that she had, like, gotten a photocopy of a co-worker's vaccine card, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you just, like, change your name on it, it's fine, oh, and then she was, like, telling God. the person next to her, yeah, just do the, copy mine, I, it's, I'm like, you go through all that work, really. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Just to not have to get vaccinated and get to it. do things. Yeah, I guess they're just like counting on 
people not looking too closely or like accepting photocopies but it was just such a weird thing it just seems so about. like middle school i know like, yeah. oh i got my fake i mean yeah to do what i don't know it's very confusing and i don't want to sound judgy but i don't mind if i do because i'm a little I'm bit judgy, judgy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean like judgy I, I, i'm yeah. judgy about the people who are just being assholes yeah right? like, like there's people who have their legitimate so various extensive legitimate reasons mm-hmm. yeah. um, for not like people there's plenty of reasons why someone might not want to get vaccinated for health reasons uh-huh. or even if it's like not for health reasons but they're just being and i don't agree with them but they're still like wearing their mask and staying away from people and being reasonable like that's so different yeah. than the person who yeah, just wants yeah. to barge into everything and breathe yeah. on people and like blatantly <laughs> it's like putting yeah. people at risk yeah. like it's like hey like, i want to have us it's like, hey, Same. I want to have like none of the responsibility, but also all the privileges. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds nice. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I got like I'm on a, a theoretical solidarity with that, but not this time. The, con- <laughs> the like the consequences are too way too high. Right. I know. I choose my choice, except mm, there should be a little, little bit more rules to the choices. <laughs> and, and it makes me like doubly upset when it's like queer people doing that too just because you know Ugh. yeah like the gays over covid wait what oh my god that's, a thing. that's an instagram page that was like showing all the people who are going like gay circuit parties oh god that was since last the, summer yeah yeah like it's, it's, it's not <laughs> like they were over covid way before anything about covid was over <laughs> um come on this uh, okay this is for, this is gonna sound problematic on the podcast, but I'm gonna say it. This makes me want. This makes me a little homophobic. As oh, a yeah. gay, I know we've said that. No, as a gay person myself, I'm like, God, I'm experiencing some homophobia now. Yeah, I feel that way about certain people. Like you know how like Milo Yiannopoulos like decided he wasn't gay anymore. I was like, oh good, now I can stay here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god how did for i the miss record, that everyone i'm not homophobic that was a joke <laughs> i'm just tired of gays who do this stuff but always that in-group like policing we, we need to be doing it's just like come on you got your hormone your hormones do- girl you got your antidepressants take the damn vaccine <laughs> mm. You know, I if you're worried about microchips floating around in your bloodstream or whatever, I feel like there's enough that we're being monitored. We're on yeah. Zoom. None of us are we're off on the Instagram. Grid. Yeah. <laughs> you're using Google. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're just there's microchips all over our skin and in our, our blood. Like, just do some, do the vaccine. Like, it's the coolest new drug. Give it a shot. See <laughs> right. what happens. Right. Like, like these gays over COVID, like all that they're injecting lots of other stuff into their bodies. You know, like, just mix it in. Just, yeah. 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 I would like to appeal to our uh hardcore drug producers out there to start putting COVID <laughs> vaccine into some of their uh injections. Oh my god. Or their advertising. <laughs> yeah. And I know what you're thinking, you know, it's like, what, why would I put my users at risk? I'm saying, well, you're already putting them at a little risk. Just what's a little bit more? Just t- stick a little Johnson & Johnson, one dose, they're done. They're going to be alive <laughs> a lot longer to buy more drugs from you. Just saying. Yeah, Good like, point. you know, there's <laughs> yeah. the MDMA that's like the Tesla where you have a little bit of a little bit of other stuff mixed in, a little bit of cocaine, a little bit of Johnson & Johnson. You just mix that in and put a little stamp on it, whatever the coolest new... <laughs> I mean, I guess Tesla is on the outs, oh but God. yeah. Uh, anyway. Good marketing. I feel like this is <laughs> this is our path to social good. Yes. Appealing <laughs> appealing to our friendly neighborhood narcos. Aww. Yeah. That's wholesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Going back to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, yeah, how, how did it go? Like, can you describe kind of more what? It was about what was the rehearsal process. Um, did you rehearse naked? Did you rehearse with clothes on? Do you how did you handle the, COVID precautions? All I of it. I know. So it was about two months worth, and 
sometimes the actors wanted to rehearse naked on their own. Sometimes they would rehearse clothed with some of the producers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't there for all this stuff because I do a little bit more of the PR promotion, social media, on the ground promotional stuff. But it's fascinating. It seemed like just such a, such a first. I think almost everything feels like a first. I don't know. I don't know how anything isn't, but that was yeah. a big one for me. Because I was like, oh my God, we're in the theater? How did yeah. that happen? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How was yeah. it? Like, how did it go? I was, so to, be, to talk about the human element, I was yeah. like, this is why everyone is desperate. It's like the first show I was like, I think I, I, I think I cried, <laughs> but it was yeah, very gay. Right. Like there's a whole, like, there's just like queer love happening in, and Aww. as naked as they all are, they're just, there's a little love story. And then at the end there's whatever. What's like but so the like, overall plot of the show? <laughs> um, this guy is trying to hook up with this grinder guy and it's he's not succeeding and he's driving through i don't know the woods of maine searching for a log cabin lake house or whatever and then happens upon this nudist camp and then his life is turned upside down with lots of encouragement of naked singing and dancing (laughs) so he didn't i think actually so there the grinder guy Right. There's no service, so and then he's trying to get like rid of, of this one as much. You realize it's the grinder guy much. was within. Yes. Exactly. Oh my God, you're oh my actually God, you're really basically cute. where it's at. But so yeah, they recorded a cast album, so we can enjoy some of the and there's some YouTube videos. So I feel like we'll sustain our entertainment with the content and the talent because they did such a good job. Like uh, the people that wrote the music, I'm a fan of. And obviously the people who are produced it, I'm a fan of. And the actors are great. So, you know, when it comes back, it'll be fun. But yeah, it was pretty queer and like live and naked and people with masks and without masks, but with their vaccine card, we're watching it. It's like, you know, right around the just summer madness. I mean, it was Uh, a lot. (laughs) I can't wait for it to come back and see it. Yeah, that sounds true. Yeah, I think there was a lot of things that were proven Mm-hmm. not everything is solid gold but it's like that was kind of a big thing coming straight out of like 13 14 months of totally un not unculture because we accomplished a lot we we won't yeah. get into all of it but we accomplished a lot through this year <laughs> we did um it's yeah just a lot of like separation and then this was a chance for there to not be that yeah yeah that's great. I do have um, a question. Now yeah. that sort of like COVID is hopefully dying down, even though we know it's probably not. Um, do you see like <laughs> a, a return? Like I know a lot of shows have started posting stuff online. Do you see like that dying down after this? Mm, posting is, things online meaning what? Like, Returning? like sometimes oh. full shows or like doing like live recordings and such. Like broadcast to the internet so people who don't have to come to the theater. Okay, so I can answer in terms of Golden Thread, which makes me happy. You know, like they are attempting to do, you know, we're a small company. The theater that we do and that we use for the most part that is uh, around the corner from our office is 100 seats. So historically, we haven't been a huge venue anyway, but we've done a bigger theaters around the corner of the Brava Theater, which I love mm-hmm. in San Francisco. It's like an old Art Deco one. That's like 400 seats. So I think everyone's going to be, it's like Nadia, what you said, like there's almost a more encouragement to do this uh, deviant methods because the regular method is the Broadway method and there that can't, that doesn't work right now. So who do we look towards is alternative, you know, ways but yeah so like maybe a limited capacity at our theater the the golden thread production but the radio plays are continuing and a lot of the streamified content is still there so it's gonna be a weird hybrid version but the output remains everyone's oozing with (laughs) 
art. <laughs> I feel like hybrids is the hardest because it's really oh. hard to make it work on right. both ends. I, mm. You can make things for live performance and you can make things for film or streaming. But I don't know. I think we really have learned that it just doesn't translate. You can't just turn on a camera and have it translate automatically always. You know, there's different yeah. things that work in different methods. And I, I haven't really figured out how to do hybrid in ways that aren't just putting the camera there. You know? Uh, it's it's hard because, like, as a streamer, like, part-time streamer myself, it's uh, you you turn on the camera, but it's like... When you're doing a live performance, you've got to have the artist like hit their marks and whatnot. You've also got to have the person working the tech, you know, not screw it up. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, like what happens if a mic goes out while we're recording a live performance? Mm -hmm. It's like we can't tell the whole audience. Hold yeah. up. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. Like go back three lines and pick it up from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Changes the whole experience. I'm trying to think like what things have been always hybrid. And I think most things have one thing that's prioritized, right? Like you can say that SNL is a hybrid medium. There you go. There's an audience and there's yeah. the filming. But also like in, if you go to the SNL filming, you know that the filming is number one, right? Like if, if a mic went out on an SNL filming, right? they would mm -hmm. prioritize the mic and not the show versus if it was like a concert that was also streaming online then the people in person are like the number ones and then the people watching the stream are like the number two. And if the mic goes out and the stream gets messed it's, up, that's, they don't deal with that necessarily, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the thing about something like SNL is they are, they've refined it over time, but I think it was always this way, but a TV level of like, you are ready to perform at TV capacity. I don't know if there's a definition for that, but it's like yeah. you are super animated and you are entertaining to the point that people will be watching and they won't be leaving in theory. Yeah. But live music or singing or I don't know, it's different because we all know the difference between watching a YouTube video of someone performing live and seeing them live when you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it takes, I think it's like practice. And of course, everyone has said this to me, and especially in theater, who's like, yeah, just because we all started switching to online streaming doesn't mean that we learn how to be TV producers overnight. Right. <laughs> now we're yeah. all just incorporating that learning as we go. But yeah, so I did one of the Golden Thread, uh, they, their little monthly series of interviews was, it's called No Summary. And I had a few of, a few, queer Swana comrades on there and that was fun Aww. but I was like okay we're here and there's a few viewers and it's on YouTube um and people can watch it there too but is it really that entertaining or is it just us hanging out <laughs> you don't know until you know how to like saturate and do yeah. slapstick and <laughs> keep people's attention like we're just we're new yeah I think people also have such different attention capacities for different for genres sure. cuz like mm -hmm. like you're saying like i think tv but even more like any kind of online video it's so short it's like you have to like bring bring mm -hmm. the fireworks bring the slapstick bring just like whatever your most cartoon version is of yourself to keep them there <laughs> um, versus like in a theater you've like dedicated this time to taking in what's going on so you're not yeah mm -hmm. they don't have to scream to get your attention mm -hmm. um versus podcasting is also interesting because you're like when you when you said is this interesting or are we just kind of talking to each other <laughs> um on podcasts sometimes we are just like hanging out and talking to each other but what i've realized is that people are down for that mm -hmm. in podcast form because mm -hmm. they just have their headphones in and they're in the subway and it's like they're listening to a conversation it's not like they need something to like take them away from everything that they're doing because mm -hmm. it's a format yeah. where they can still be doing things so well i wonder you guys are podcast makers mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm a guest and i enjoy it but i'm a podcast enthusiast too like i love your show and i have Thank a you. few other ones too that you know like yeah. it's fun to, i don't know if everybody would be so if if i'm if i'm engaged yeah. because also like i like you guys' voices and you know but i like the content yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's multiple things that are yeah. Um, pulling me in where 
there's there's as many podcasts as there are TV shows and movies, so people can be like, I love Real Housewives, mm -hmm. or I love what's that one, the Michaela Cole one, uh, I May Destroy You. You know, like I don't know. Do you need yeah. comedy or do you need like deep, <laughs> whatever? Right. right. But I, I love mean, it. I like it's yeah. It's it's about finding your audience. You know, like. For the YouTube yeah. crowd, like there's of course people who like produce nothing but like three minute videos every every day, and then you got like channels that will put like put out like two hour documentaries every month. You know? mm -hmm. It's like and it's just yeah. building the audience, like set an expectation and build your audience. But it's like with theater, it's like I can imagine there's like more challenges on like that sort of thing. It's like because it's traditionally longer form, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly like changing shows or doing um, transgressive stuff, if that if you got the audience for that, cool, it'll work. But you know, <laughs> but it's like I think, yeah. Well, sorry to butt in, but in ski. Um, but so the t like two thoughts I'm having is the the comment about the scenery. Are we on the subway? Are we focusing on a podcast? Um, that's, are we in a theater? Or are we watching a YouTube video where I'm kind of, because of my attention span and a lot of ours, I need to see how long is this video? Is this five minutes or is this 20 minutes? Because that's going to <laughs> dictate yeah. things. Yeah. But also, I think as a fan of all of you three and, you know, you become a character and you become, I'm like, ooh, I like to hear your voice and I I like want to hear what your updates are, you know? So it's almost mm -hmm. a relationship the audience has to the actual individual artist, whoever whoever they yeah. are. If it's a singer that you go to see the concert or even if it's a YouTube, you know, singer because you're like, oh my God, what are they up to? So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of those two things, a little bit of the scenery or like the setting and the actual relationship. But, you know, that's sort of like what entertainment has become. Like in the past, it was like soap opera stars, like getting married and falling out. And now it's this whole, you know, B through Z list performers with their parasocial relationships with their audiences. <laughs> so true. I, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm in a parasocial relationship with Keanu Reeves. I just love him. And <laughs> Does he know my name? Does he know who I exist? No, but I am watching his social media. I'm seeing sad <laughs> Keanu uh, memes still. <laughs> I am incredibly jealous of his girlfriend sometimes. But we but all that, can but, enjoy together. Yes. We can all sad Keanu meme out as a group, as a, as a squad. As a collective, yes. <laughs> But it also works negatively, like with, say, a certain ex-president. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's true. By, of course, I mean that... Richard Nixon. <laughs> uh, yes. He was very active on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I guess going a few steps back, um, so you're telling us about the panel you did on YouTube. Um, I feel like we talked a lot about formats. Um, what, what was the panel about and what kinds, um, what did you discuss during it? Uh, so let me think. So for Golden Thread, it was the no summary. It was for June and I think it was the, uh, it, we called it the queer swana imagination or the swana queer imagination. Um, and my, my buddy, Mark, uh, was on there and then my my buddy Zara was on there and our uh, comrade Vera the drag king of Swana King's fame and we sort of just yeah chatted about all of our <laughs> Swananess and queerness and Americanness quote unquote Americanness and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I I watched it I watched it afterwards and I was like, okay, we had fun and we've shared some relatively worthy information. <laughs> Someone will watch it and they'll be like, oh, these people are cool. So maybe that's just the goal. Yeah. Sure it was, it was great. <laughs> on the on the imagining part, um, because I don't know, sometimes I'm like, 
what is there to imagine left? Um, <laughs> what what are you all imagining? Um, what's what's in the queer swan imagination? Um. So there's been a lot. I think I've hunkered down into the whole futurisms thing, making you know presenting the future, whether it's like next year or mm -hmm. 20 years from now because I do so much with Palestine thinking of like will I ever have a right of return <laughs> and how can I infuse that into anything any discussion or any artwork yeah. and um that's really gone uh into it but yeah just yeah I know I'm kind of like uh, obsessed with this Palestine thing considering my inheritance <laughs> that's fair yeah <laughs> yeah but I feel like anytime you can just put a sticker or like squeeze in the word, <laughs> it's like an exciting thing for me. So at all, at all opportunities, I'll probably say this all the time, but. Yeah, um, so really go there. What, what's Palestinian futurism to you? What does that look like? <laughs> mm. I brought up the term artivism, artivist, just because I'm just going with it. Like mm -hmm. swan and queer artivist to the max at the moment until like it that. until it gets worn out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because so I did well to be to be confessing, I did pitch or I submitted a short play to Golden Thread, which I just wrote. It was in Bethlehem in awesome. the near future and just imagining a moment. Um so what I don't know if they'll I didn't get a response because whatever they've postponed things still for that they have a little short plays festival and i'm not a playwright but i have done some anyway so just imagining things and seeing what can be done but i have a zine that i started last summer and i'm on issue number three but my fun plug slash news slash excitement <laughs> is there's a super queer co-op bookstore in new york called blue stockings in the lower east side and they had uh, submissions for zines and I submitted it and they picked it and yay yeah <laughs> so it's just awesome. these two queer um Palestinians from Bethlehem at some point when the right of return is coming back coming around and it's true and one state with sort of equality for all just crazy whatnot but I'm just like putting it there and so far you know acquaintances and strangers seem to be into it because I and there's so I think you guys have talked about it many people on this podcast have talked about it when it when you don't see it you're like I guess I have to do it and then it'll be there and then we can all be inspired and do other versions of that <laughs> oh I mean that's kind of the whole point of like sci-fi it's like you don't see it but you want to see it you, mm -hmm. you write stories you create with it we get there you know mm-hmm and I think there needs to be like more positive futurism for like for Palestine yeah. especially, uh, but also Lebanon. I mean, the future where there's you know power twenty four seven would be a nice mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe a functional government. <laughs> you know, not not referring to current events at all right now. But oh my gosh, no, but yeah, that's yeah. yeah I just feel like. Well, I mean, I just want to say artists, I encourage everyone to do what they can, because if uh, this is what a lot of not even queer, but Middle Eastern sort of speakers and activists do. It's like if you put it out there, it, it may be total fantasy, but it actually might come true. But if you don't put it out there, then people are going to keep on doing the same old government things. And you're like, this government is a crock. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's almost I, exactly what I was going to say. Like, people will say, like, oh, no, that's not realistic. You can't say that. And it's like, well, if you can't even say it, how are we going to get there? Right? Like, mm -hmm. saying it doesn't make it real, but it's yeah. kind of, you can't make it real until you at least have an idea. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a lot um, of, a lot of political movements are sort of based on this shared ideal. How do you get that ideal out there if you never do? I mean, that's, I kind of feel like that's my generation's mm -hmm. like bad part. Everyone's like on this exist existential dread trip where we're all like, well, I don't wish I was dead, but I'd be okay with it sort of thing. But it's like, 
but that sort of mindset also prevents you from like thinking about a better future you know about a government that's functional city services that actually serve um power that's on 24 7 mm-hmm. you know a a future no, where we're been, not in a constant state of collapse been struggling with that too like i think like being like so cynical that you're like nothing's gonna do anything it's become like cool yeah. but it's 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 also an excuse not to do anything mm-hmm. um, and it's hard it's also hard because everything kind of sucks um it's hard not to do that and you also don't want to be karen right you don't want to be like oh positive vibes mm-hmm. only don't drag me around <laughs> with that like actually depicting reality shit right. um mm-hmm. and i it's it's fair it's, it's sometimes it's like really hard to maintain the space between those things where you actually have to um identify potentials and do things about them probably very slowly and effortlessly and not give up <laughs> sorry no yeah. you're not allowed to apologize for that that's an incredibly valid opinion <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i don't it's not even an opinion i'm just it's just something that i find hard like right, right? It, it's hard not to be like i give up and it's hard not to mm-hmm. totally I, it's, unplug from everything either like but it's like i'm thinking that is like a shelter in place mentality it's like look we're just gonna hunker down and take care of ourselves until this all blows Mm -hmm. over you know like covid or hurricane and or whatever Mm -hmm. social instability is going on Mm. and you know i feel like that's almost become a way of life you know yeah yeah just like a broken record but different versions of it especially for like you know, post-immigration generations, you know, it's for here in America, it's just like, well, we don't really have a say in politics. So therefore we should just keep our head down, work and hope for the best afterwards. It's like, but that's not a future you're building. It's a future you're sort of mm-hmm. hoping to be adjacent to. Right. And not, not taking ownership of the the small slice that you can have but it's hard to like identify what that is sometimes well okay so i was just in in uh, an offering of inspiration since i have a small dollop <laughs> <laughs> i you know i'm thinking of how any of our family who have come to america and seeking some kind of refuge and a safer life etc um there was a time where I was just like, America, California, whatever. But I've come into some momentum um, with doing this Palestine and queer and artivism work that I'm feeling mm-hmm. like, OK, let's whoever wants to join in, let's do it. Let's do what we can. Because I didn't always have it. And I do have, like, like we were talking about, like aunties and uncles are on the phone with our cousins in Beirut. And everything is just a crazy old mess. I don't know if, if anybody or everybody who has capacity to do any art or activism or both, but I have some things in motion, you know? And so only because I do, do I feel a little bit of hope. There's a plethora of COVID and climate change and <laughs> a million things. And so, for example, I was talking with um, my my buddy, Zara, mm-hmm. and we were saying how last summer when it was the Black Lives Matter uprising, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, that was a really hard time for a lot of people because a lot of people were ready to jump into the streets with their masks on and their signs, but a lot of people were like, I don't know if I can for various reasons. You can also, and so there's a lot of things, but one year later in May, I was completely prepared to go protest March for Palestine and for every weekend, I was there in San Francisco with my as many buddies who could, because mm-hmm. not everybody could, you know, yeah. it's just who can. But we got all dressed up and we were almost celebrating. And that was a totally different experience than just feeling bogged down. And not, I know not everybody could go out and do that experience, but it was that opportunity. So it didn't happen overnight. I've gone mm-hmm. protesting a million times, but that one felt mm-hmm. different. And I don't know how we keep that momentum going, but I've been trying to. And that's why I'm coming up with all of these, like, I am, here's the zine and here's the <laughs> YouTube and yeah. here's the Instagram live. 
Yeah. How do you feel about, I feel like Americans were just like suddenly paying attention to Palestine in a way that they just yeah. haven't in a long time. And what felt positive about that was that sometimes, you know how sometimes you feel like you're talking to an audience that is like put their earplugs in and mm-hmm. it's like, why bother? And all of a sudden it's like, nope, they took the earplugs out. What I have to say might go like five miles further than it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, how have you felt about awareness is going to keep up or not keep up, if people are forgetting about it, if there's been a permanent shift in, I don't know, just US perceptions about Palestine and Israeli politics? I think my brief answer <laughs> will be, it's been really fun for me because I've grown up in this obviously my whole life, but I've yeah. only come into like a. I think we've talked, maybe mentioned this, but like a vocabulary or like a way to speak with people. But now that I have more than enough, and just as a like footnote, anyone can call me out on my activism or artivism and be like, "You're doing it wrong." <laughs> That's fine. Tell me, we'll see. But in the meantime, the fun things are like, okay, do a lipa is dating Anwar Hadid and was Instagramming. Hey, are they back saved. together? Well, I don't know, but d- in May. Up. So, well, regardless of what... I thought that's <laughs> what the song We're Good was about. <laughs> How they broke up, like... Okay, well, Amazon if you're on top of okay. it, let me know. But <laughs> okay. it was, it was uh, her social media yeah. um, posts that were getting people's attention, like, save Jerusalem, save yeah. whatever, and free Palestine. So any... And, you know, I go back to um, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Ayanna Presley, like anyone who I can point to people, and not everybody even knows these names, but anytime I bring up, you know, Congress and, you know, the troublemakers, any opportunity to talk about it, that to your point of like, are there earplugs in or is one out and they might recognize some of the information that I'm sharing. So I'm just testing the waters, like there's enough information to push people's buttons. And like, like a lot of people noticed. It was all over social media, the Palestine stuff in May and June. Yeah. I don't know what huge, I think it just had a similar feeling to the Black Lives Matter uprising from the summer before. Similar, but different, obviously. But yeah. you know that there's some kind of shifts happening. I don't know how permanent. I don't know how long lasting. And I don't know how to nurture that garden long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know I there's think- stuff happening. I think on that kind of connection, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement um, has like primed people just on like a yeah, fundamental primer. level that they, yeah. they're like able, they need to be able to rethink. Like, may, hey, maybe yeah. a lot of things you thought were false. Um, yeah. Just uh, a lot of people had that just realization and I mean regardless of what institutions did about it and how genuine it was like I think just every kind of I don't know I think every kind of social shift after that has been received a little bit differently that's Um, true people have had the experience of questioning everything they've been taught so they're like maybe everything I've learned about this other thing is wrong too I don't know yeah but I like Um, I was going to say, but I feel like that's a huge positive of the Black Lives Matter that like beyond just the point of it, like Mm -hmm. it has primed people to think that, yeah, maybe some things can change and maybe we can do effective change like defunding the police. Like, yeah, people people seem to be less, way less doom and gloom about ever changing the police because of it. And that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think if we could get that same attitude for like Palestine. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah. i mean on some no i'm not gonna say it totally did but on some level it did and i mean there wasn't enough like actually defunding the police that happened which i guess is where i want to like distinguish like people's mindset shifts versus like actual well i, mean, I, I, I guess wanna... it depends where it depends where mm-hmm. well i yeah, yeah. i want to give credit to just okay, I don't, I don't know what the impact is, but you feel some kind of an impact and you're like, okay, you know, who was talking about abolishing the police before last summer? A few right. people, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> that I know, but it wasn't yeah. everyone, not your auntie and your, you know, your cousin and your nephew. Suddenly everyone is talking about, oh, this 
defund the right. police stuff. It used and you're like, to, Ooh, yeah, it used to be people who were like now. radical, super radical, quote unquote. Yeah. Right? Now, even if you don't like it, a lot people, of people are talking were. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think there's something to that. And it's not the same as actually having police in most cities defunded, right? That's like mm-hmm. different, but it's not, it's also not nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of put the fear of God into them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm a little okay having police being being afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so can you remind people how they can follow you, find you, all that? I uh, if anyone wants to check out the Golden Thread stuff, the, I think mm-hmm. they have a Golden Thread Productions YouTube channel, and also HowlRound is what we've always used before the for a few years. It's like a live streaming thing, but they have their own HowlRound Commons, I think is their YouTube. Awesome. And so we might be on there. And then I like to always plug my land back Instagram, which is Lalim Oloni Transfer. And that's now multiple land back projects, but Ooh. I always want to connect. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back. This was really nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With pleasure. And we need to hang out. <laughs> oh my god, just hang out already. You two are you y'all three are in New York. Just just go. I know. See, it sounds so easy to hang out when people are in the same city. Yeah. But then like you should actually try to do it. <laughs> in a pandemic, yeah. in a crazy world of well, at least it's not California where the yeah. I mean literally everything quality, is on fire. Everything is on fire. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, my heart goes out to my family who is there because, I mean, my yeah. heart goes out to everyone, but when you're wearing mask with another mask and another mask, you're like, oh my gosh, I did that last summer. I'm just on hiatus. I'm on a sabbatical. <laughs> mask hiatus. Yeah. East Coast. I'll be back. East Coast, East Coast, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, you hey, can follow yeah, Autumn. What's up? Where can people follow us? I forget. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got you. It's a really complex URL. Yeah. Remember it? Yes. The complex URL is thequeerarabs.com. I know it's going to be hard. <laughs> Rewind and listen to this part over and over again until it sinks. Go to Insta, Facebook, and Twitter. Type in the same thing, the queer Arabs. Again, but don't type it .com. Yes, no .com. Repeat this part of the episode as many times as you need. And then you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Enjoy listening to this 20 times till you memorize it. Thanks. Thank all. you. Thank you, Ollie. I know I've not been here as much as I want to, and I forget. So thank you for that reminder. <laughs> no problem. Always. Always got your back. Okay. That was a very bizarre ending, and I'm here for it. I'm happy it happened.